It's the Craggy Rugby Podcast. I'm Rob Murphy. The Ospreys preview edition. Connacht have now won three games in a row and head to Swansea on Saturday. William Davis and Alan Deegan were chatting after the press conference. Peter Wilkins, John Porch and Dave Heffernan are the voices you'll hear from that press conference. We're going to have updates on results and fixtures from around the league. Injuries for Connacht as well, of which there were three key injuries out of the victory over the Cheetahs at the weekend. And of course, we're really going to delve a little bit deeper into that preview of the Ospreys game this coming Saturday. Let's get started. First voices you're going to hear are Alan and William. William, we didn't hear from you at the end of the match last week when we beat the Cheetahs. What were your what are your thoughts now a few days later after all the excitement? I think it was a uh, it was a win, Alan. It was a steal, effectively. Um, and I think they should be very pleased that the decision they made to go for that win got them over the line. They got five points. I think they at times of the match played very well. They were fourteen five up. They'll also have to be cognizant of the fact, though, that they did let the Cheetahs back into that game and gave them almost, almost complete control for a little while. They seemed to uh, make some bad decisions. They picked up some injuries and it got really tricky for them. But uh, Tom Farrell came on and he scored a try immediately after the red card. Uh, that Dries Swanepoel picked up for an act of uh, gross stupidity. Mm-hmm. That's the second second game in a row where uh, the Cheetahs in Connacht have had a red card for somebody really just doing something very, very stupid. And that was a great time to score. And then they got the opportunity and it got a little messy, but they got it done. And... You know, it's it's it doesn't. There's no asterisk beside the result that says lucky steal. It just says Connacht twenty four, Cheetahs twenty two, five points. Let's roll on to the next game. It certainly does, and and myself and Daniel have done a, a stats report that will be available on Patreon.com forward slash Craggy Rugby to delve into the stats behind all that fun and excitement, um, and we'll see whether. The stats <laughs> give the impression that we both have, which is the fact that Connacht got away with one. So, who we in, in the press conference today? Who did you who did you have um, up in the sports ground? Well, we had uh, Pete Wilkins, the defence coach, and we had John Porch, obviously heavily involved in the game with his uh, hundred meter dash from one end to the other that didn't result in a try, but certainly showed how quick he can shift. Mm. And uh, we had Dave Heffernan, who has been missing, uh, picked up a bit of a knock in pre-season, but uh, fully back, was off the bench on Saturday. And uh, I'm guessing here, but I say he might be starting next Saturday against the Oscars. What's the reflections on a bit of a steal on Saturday evening, but uh, must be quite a satisfaction with that result in the win? Yeah, certainly satisfaction. I think um, you know to, to pull the game out the fire there, but but not just to do that, to do it with some really brave, positive decision making. I, I think there was a huge amount of satisfaction from that. Um, you know, at the same time, we analysed the game quite closely, and, and you know, obviously, ask ourselves why we were in that position with uh, you know a few minutes of injury time on the clock. So you know, there's a fair amount of self reflection and uh, and pretty robust analysis to look at how we gave 
cheetahs access to the game particularly in the second half um, and I suppose that's on the back of, of knowing the context we saw what a a good job Cheetahs did in those first three games of the season against some, some pretty decent sides. Um, so we knew the challenge facing us, but I think we controlled the ball pretty well in that first first half and, and therefore restricted the chances that they had. And, and I guess we just released that pressure a little bit in the second half and, and were very much on the back foot. So you know, there's a fair amount of examination there to see about that flow of the game in that respect. Um, you know, But the important thing was we came out on top and, and full credit to to Jared and, and you know his lieutenants around him in terms of their decision making to um, to be brave and go for that scrum and, and obviously then for, for Tom Farrell to get us over the line it's um, you know it's the, a massive reward. Osprey's last season in Bridgend was a game that uh, I think is still sticking in. Andy brings it up fairly regularly. I think he's still pretty annoyed about it. Um, they were short of players at that stage. They're short of players now. who are still with Wales. And you had a bit of that with the Scarlets at the beginning of the season, but is that now something... You're, are you almost talking about that in a way of we're ignoring it? You're actually making a point of saying we're ignoring the fact that there's some of their top players are missing. There's still 15 of them on the pitch and eight of them on the bench. Yeah, I, I think um, although performances might not, have, uh, might not have appeared that way, we've never been overly focused on... Um, on what the opposition is putting out, we've we've had respect for it. We've done our due diligence on opposition lineups and, and their strengths and weaknesses. But um, you know, all of us as coaches, our philosophy is very much about uh, what's controllable to us. We, you know, within our areas of defence or attack or set piece, and you know, all of our game plans are very much designed around that. So, you know, those under those occasions you mentioned, you know, we underperformed and, and we were frustrated by that. But um, but at the same time, I don't think that's because anyone was was taking opposition teams lightly because of the players that they had away. It was because we had certain deliverables on the on the day or on the night that that you know we didn't fulfil. So um, you know, in this respect, you know, the opposition, the context of that isn't something that that probably shapes our view of the game. What shapes our view of the game is what we've delivered really well so far this season, and and a matter of reproducing that. Um, and reproducing that under pressure because regardless of who Osprey's put out, they'll be competitive. They're a physical team and, and they look to stop you playing. And that game in Bridge End, I thought what they did particularly well as uh, as well as the physicality around the contest, which obviously slowed our ruck ball. They they played territory when necessary and, and kicked well in behind our wingers and, and squeezed us at that end of the field as well. So there were some really good lessons for us in a rugby context from that game. Um, but from a mindset point of view, you know, full, full, fully support the guys in terms of. Uh, in terms of how we went into those encounters, and you know, we'll be equally uh, equally prepared to go into another tough one, and, and you know, we'll be welcome out on the right side of it this time. Saturday evening, you went the length of the pitch. Crowd were going bananas, and then the referee and the TMO and that sport they got involved in that. But uh, you got a bit of pace. <laughs> yeah, I got a little bit. Uh, unfortunately for the Clan Terrace, I couldn't hear the whistle from the ref, so uh, I ended up going the full length and. Uh, got down to the end and unfortunately um, it was a no try but that, that's part of rugby calls don't go your way sometimes and for me it wasn't my turn to get a try but that's, that's part of it Well you certainly showed them a clean pair of heels uh, the support base here that was the sports ground at I would say 80% on Saturday evening it can get louder it can get a bit more raucous but uh, how are you enjoying that? Uh, absolutely loving it. Um, such a, a close-in ground and the, the atmosphere that it produces is something like I've never experienced before. And when, when you're out there in those sort of moments, it, it is very special and, and very humbling as well to be a part of that sort of scenery and, and atmosphere. 
yeah, as I said, like it probably was a game that in the past would have got away from us. Um, and yeah, look, when we got the penalty um, in the last in injury time, uh, we just had a little discussion with a few of us. Um, we, we knew we did lose a bonus point there, so like we were kicking for k- kicking the, the post for for an extra point or go for five points. So. Um, yeah, I think like JB was was asking the question, what we wanted to do um, as a front row, and uh, we were all happy to go for it. And uh, the scrum didn't go <laughs> particularly well that time. Uh, we got probably got a little bit lucky there, but um, I think it was good uh, collective belief there to 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 make that call. Um, and yeah, everyone was happy to do it. I mean, uh, pretty much across the board, we we all wanted to go for it. Uh, we wanted to win that game, um, and I don't think we would have been too happy with the draw at home. So third trip to Wales this season. One win, one defeat. Um, it's a big game for them as well. They're under a little bit of pressure. So you're, you're coming in, I'd say, on the back of slightly better form. Yeah, it is a huge game. Uh, tough place to go. We probably don't have a great record over there. Um, I know over last year in Bridge End, we, we struggled a bit. We didn't put in a great performance over there. Um, I know we, we did perform well against them at home, but um, that away game was, was a tough one for us. And... Um, Probably one we look back on and, and we, we kind of let slip a bit. We kind of let our standards drop a bit. Uh, so we know it's going to be a big challenge over there. And yeah, as you said, they, um, they're going to be very up for it. They're looking for a big result. OK, interesting thoughts there, especially from, from Dave Heffernan. Yeah, I think he was he was very honest when he said they they had a long chat about whether they should take the three points or whether they should go for more. And the point, and a very fair point, if you kick the penalty and you get the draw, you get an extra point. Mm. So you get two points out of the game rather than one. But if you get the, the win, you get five points. Um, it got a bit messy. They might have been a little bit lucky. The scrum maybe didn't go as exactly as they wanted. But they got the win. But I think he alludes to the fact that they had a long discussion at the video review on where they lost control of the game. where mm. And he talked about them going off pattern. They put some poor kicks in and they didn't stick to what they intended to do and they had to regroup. And I'm tempted to say they, they regrouped very well, but I think if they hadn't had that red card, I think the Cheetahs would have probably seen that out. They Cheetahs don't win a lot of games away. It's a big problem for them. Uh, Ron Piner talked about it to me on Saturday night. It's something they have to fix. And they didn't look comfortable, the Cheetahs, when they tried to play possession rugby. They're, yeah, but that, that was only in the last couple of minutes, up to that. Up to the where they tried to shut the game down, they actually looked quite good. And, and for once, and I think oh, Pienaar, Pienaar brought a huge amount to them, didn't he? They did, but that's the whole point, is yeah. that maybe they made the wrong decision as well. Hmm. They tried to close the game down, and they're not they're not geared up for that. Um Harvest Faree, the coach, said something similar. So they'll learn from that. And I'll tell you, they'll be practicing how to close a game down because I think they've learned now that you have to be a bit more player smarts when you're in that sort of position. So it's a very interesting game for both sides. Um, at the end of the day, Connacht came away with the five points and I think all of the contributors to the press conference today were focusing on that. Obviously, the injuries are an issue. They certainly are, but before we get to the injuries, let's um, let's get a roundup of the scores and uh, what the table looks like from your good self. 
Round four of the Pro 14 started last Friday night with two matches. Munster 28, Ospreys 12, Ulster 24, Cardiff Blues 14. The remaining five games were played last Saturday. Benetton 36, Kings 30, Dragons 18, Glasgow 5, Connacht 24, Cheetahs 22, Zebra 0, Leinster 3. Edinburgh, 46. Scarlets, 7. In Conference A, Leinster, after that bizarre 3-0 win in Zebre, are still on four wins from four games with three bonus points. And they lead on 19 points. The Cheetahs, who lost their first game at the weekend in Connacht, are now three wins and one loss. Four bonus points, that's got them on 16 Ulster have a similar record, but they only have three bonus points, so they're third on 15. The Dragons, after that win over Glasgow, have gone to 2-2 two and two with one bonus point. They're on nine in fourth place. The aforementioned Glasgow are now one win, three losses, one bonus point, five points in fifth. The Ospreys are on the same record, one and three with a bonus point, five points. They're in sixth. And Zebre have got two bonus points and it's very seldom that you get a bonus point and you haven't scored any points in the game at all. They bring up the bottom of the table with two points. Conference B, Connacht on top. Three wins, one loss, three bonus points, 15. Munster have the same record in second, 15 points. Edinburgh are a point behind in third. They've only had two bonus points. And the Scarlets are on the same record with only one bonus point with 13 points. So four teams there all with three wins and a loss. Benetton in fifth reverse that with one win, three losses, three bonus points, seven points. In Cardiff Blues are one and three with two bonus points, six points. And the Southern Kings bring up the rear of Conference B with no wins, four losses, two bonus points. Now, injury update. It's not looking good, William, is it? No, we haven't had one this long for quite a while. There was three additions from Saturday night. I think everybody would be aware that Gavin Thornbury picked up what seemed to be quite a nasty injury in somewhere in his shoulder elbow area. So he's seeing a specialist. Quinn Roo uh, is probably having a scan. and won't, he, Neither of them will be available this week. An addition is Billy Beale, uh, And they're awaiting results of some tests that he's had. Working down the rest of it, Sean O'Brien uh, is back now training with the full squad and is getting closer to a recall situation. And then the other players who are all rehabbing in various ways, Colby Fianga, Johnny Murphy, Owen McKeown, Paddy McAllister, Tiernan O'Halloran. And we, we know where they are from last week. So, there are some selection headaches now. It's, you know, to lose your two starting second rows, to lose two props, it's tough. And that's why you have a squad. That's why you have players ready to go. But these guys have been playing really well. They've, they've brought a dynamic to the, to the team. So it's up to the players that come in now to see where, uh, where they go next. It certainly is, and, and Shane Delahunt is hopefully due back soon as well. And because this has this has implications for Europe, doesn't it? Because I've got the ruling here about the eligibility of players. 
And in section 3.1, a minimum of 10 players must be nominated by a club that are capable of playing in the front row. Connacht have 11 players in their full senior squad and two of them are injured. <laughs> so, hmm. Yeah, the, these these European regulations don't make very interesting reading until until you have to read them. Uh, <laughs> And I suppose that's what uh, team managers and coaches and officials have to do. Um, I think European rugby are particularly, I think all of the organisations are, but they have spoken about player welfare yeah. uh, repeatedly mm-hmm. when, I, when I've spoken to them. And, and they talk about it as being something that they feel is part of their responsibility. And they also, let's be honest, don't want uncontested scrums. Uh, in games, so there'll be a bit of they'll have to kind of have to get their thinking caps on a little bit here. Look, players coming back, situations can change, mm. uh, and maybe quicker once once the medical people have determined what the issue is, how they're going to treat it. But certainly this week they're going to be a little bit stretched in those areas. Six day turnaround to Leinster, and then you've got two European games. Uh, home to Montpellier in a way to Toulouse and the Champions Cup is a vital part of this season so there's a little bit of work to be carried out there I suppose last year Connacht to use Andy Friend's own words they not so much they got away with it but they they didn't statistically they were ahead of the curve last year on injuries yes and this year is probably the way these curves uh, sort of you know, balance they, stri- themselves, yeah. they balance out exactly, and uh, this time it's gone the other way. The one good thing you can say is maybe if there's one light in the tunnel, injuries at this time of the season, you have a chance to rehab these players and bring them back. Mm. If you're picking up these sort of injuries in late February, early March, yeah, well, then it's you know they they could be season season finishing. Whereas hopefully all of these players are in a situation where at some stage they'll be available uh, and come back onto the onto the playing panel. Yeah, and just looking, there's a couple of other interesting bits out of this. If if you can call rules like this interesting, in, in section three point four, there you can have emergency front rowers um, that can be swapped in and out that uh, need to be needed to be registered last week. Uh, there's nothing on their side about what players are registered for Europe, so. We don't know who Connacht might or might not have registered as emergency front row players. And then a, a further section where they talk, because of the World Cup, there's um, they're allowed to register what they're calling five swap players, which has to be done before Wednesday, the 13th of November. So there could be some movement yet on the, on the player front. Yeah, is, is that the old, that's the old jokers, is it? I think so, yeah, and they're calling them swap players now. They used to call them jokers. <laughs> medical which, jokers, yeah. Medical jokers or something. Yeah, the World Cup has got an impact on this. Um, I don't know how you fix this. I don't know whether you go and look for some temporary signings. Um, but you have to cover these positions. And you have to. I mean, look, you need six. You need a minimum of six in Pro 14 as yeah. well. Yeah, And... Yeah. and That'll be yeah. They'll be they'll be scratching their heads a little bit. I mean, the Paddy McAllister was absolutely flying. So was Finlay Bealham. So mm. this this is the really annoying thing. Gavin Thornbury was flying. Quinn Roo was playing the best rugby I think I've ever seen him play. 
particularly in just in terms of his the physical dimension and the speed he was getting around the, the park. Um, you know, Tiernan O'Halloran was showing a bit of spark. So injuries always are very tough to take, but you you do look at these players and think they were they were key parts. But it's an opportunity now for somebody else to come in and put their hand up and show Andy Friend and Jimmy Duffy and, and all the other coaches and say, well, I, I'm, you know, I, I can do the job for you. It certainly is, but let's let's not talk too much about Europe. We still have a couple of big games to happen in between time. So before we get on to review the Ospreys match, let's hear what other games are on this weekend around the Pro 14. Before we look at the fixtures for round five, let's have a quick look at what our European opponents are up to. In England, the Premiership has come through two weekends and Gloucester are in second place in the table with two wins and one bonus point on nine points, which is the same as Northampton who lead. The top 14 in France has been running for eight weekends and last weekend was a weekend off. Montpellier have played eight, won three, lost four and drawn one and are in sixth place on 18 points. And Toulouse are in 11th, having played eight, won three, lost five. Now let's look at the fixtures for round five of the Pro 14. Three matches down for decision on Friday night, all kick off at 7.35pm Irish time. Glasgow versus the Southern Kings. Leinster versus the Dragons, Ulster versus Zebra. On Saturday, the 2nd of November at 3 pm, Scarlets versus Cheetahs. At 5 15 pm, Benetton versus Edinburgh, and Ospreys versus Connacht. And the final game of the weekend at 7 35 pm is Cardiff Blues versus Munster. Right. Ospreys in the Liberty Stadium. The last time Connacht won the Liberty Stadium was 2015 and they went on to win the Pro 12. Is that something we might be able to possibly be able to do this time, William? I think it's an interesting game. It's a very interesting game for the Ospreys. They've had a a horrible start to the season. They've won one and lost three. Uh, They are missing significant players at the World Cup with Wales. Uh, I still think there's a lot of issues around the Ospreys. Uh, They were nearly closed down or merged with the Scarlets uh, not so long ago. And I think the time they came here right at the end of the season and kind of pulverised them 41-5, I think. They were a team in shell shock. I think there are still rumblings going on there. Nobody is quite sure. That, That decision has been postponed yeah. It's a bit like Rick said, it's been kicked down the road. But it's still, it's there is no real leadership on it from the Welsh Rugby Union. They've never come out, as that I can see, with a definitive statement that this plan is not coming back at some stage. So that's hanging over them. Um, it's not a ground where Connacht have been successful in the past. Um it was jammed to the rafters last Sunday for Cardiff City against Swansea City in the Welsh uh, Derby in the Soccer Championship. Mm-hmm. Sating atmosphere, I have to say. Don't think it'll be quite like that on Saturday afternoon. Um, 
I can see this game being a little bit like the Dragons. I think the first 20 minutes, they they will go he- hell for leather. And if Connacht can get through that, yeah, then I think they have a chance. Dragons looked quite poor in that game, yet they turned around and beat Glasgow last weekend. So it's very, very topsy-turvy. They'll have It's the usual stuff. They'll need to be accurate. They kind of owe the Ospreys one. They, that game in Bridgend last year is still... It's gone. Yeah. But I still think it really rankles because Connacht went there with a full squad to take on an Ospreys team that was as weak as you could imagine and they just had a really rotten night. And I think they're it's key for them now on, on Saturday that they that they go there in the right frame of mind. They are gonna to have to bring some players in, they're gonna be stretched in a couple of positions. But you know, Olton Delan is gonna be starting. Mm-hmm. Uh probably with um, Gallagher beside him. Yeah. And that's their chance. Put up your hand and say, right, we're good enough. We're, we can do this job. Let, let, let's go. If I had to call it at the moment, I'd say the Ospreys will probably find a way to win this. But I'm hoping that Connacht, uh, Connacht can do it. And a win there would then really set them up for Leinster. And that will finish this first uh, run of six games. It certainly will. I'm just looking back at the Ospreys. Their only win is their only home game. This is only their second home game of the season. But their win was against Benetton and they scraped past them by four points with Connacht having put 41 points past Benetton the week before. So, like, yes, I'd, uh, you know, I have a, I've, I've been to the Liberty Stadium two or three times and never come away with any sort of victory. <laughs> um, so I, I, I don't have a great feeling about it. But, you know, the stats show that we Connacht should have a chance of winning this game. It's my first visit there, um, so I'll be interested to see what it's uh, what it, what it's like. I know uh, there are issues with with attendance numbers. Um, there should be a lot of positivity around Connacht. They've just won three games in a row. Yeah, uh, all in slightly different ways, must be said. Although two fairly big wins against the Dragons and, and Benetton, um, they would take a one point win on Saturday evening, would we all? Okay, that's it for this week's show. Except to say, don't forget, live radio commentary as ever on Galway Bay FM of the game on Saturday afternoon at 5.15. The Ospreys against Connacht from Swansea. William Davis on commentary. Alan Deegan on co-commentary for that one. It's going to be a belter. Huge game for Connacht. Can they reverse the trend when they're playing sides like the Ospreys away from home? They certainly will be hoping to build on that win away to the Dragons. Stay tuned to us on Monday for the next podcast where we'll be reviewing that game. And of course, as always, get online, follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Get on our Patreon page where, as Alan has pointed out this week, we always have additional content including full-length interviews from the press conferences and those Friday Captain's Run interviews which we have before home games. The next home game, of course, is against Leinster. We'll be back with you though on Monday for a full review of the weekend. Loose, cut it loose Break out or nothing changes Side